All right, Brother Martin, why don't you come up? Every year, Brother Martin comes, and he's with our church on Sunday and a Thursday, and so uh, we're glad to have him back. He's been coming for probably close uh, to 20 years, and he's a dear friend of our church, and we appreciate him, and we're looking forward to hearing from him this morning and tonight. And so let's give him a warm Pacific Baptist welcome. Alrighty, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Boy, it's good to see you all and good to be back again. And I always look forward to it. And uh, as Preacher said, it's probably, it's been right, at, if not over 20 years that uh, we've been coming out here. We missed a few years here or there. But um, uh, you can blame it on Johnny. Uh, he's the one who got me started out here. But uh, anyway, um, good to be back. Honey, why don't you stand up, honey? My wife. Just want to introduce my wife and thank the Lord for her being here and uh, traveling with me. And boy, uh, she has uh, she's paid the price through the years. She didn't marry she didn't marry a preacher. And then God called me, and uh, at 38 years of age, we stepped out in the ministry, and uh, and she uh, had to learn to become a preacher's wife, and she had to learn to submit to what God called us to do, and uh, she has been. The greatest helpmate I could ever have dreamed of. I thank the Lord for her. So she's a blessing to me. Amen. <clears throat> well, I want, to, uh, I want to give you a thought this morning. Hopefully that will uh, be a challenge, but hopefully an encouragement to us also. If you would, grab your Bible and turn to Colossians chapter 3, and I'll get there in just a moment. Um, Colossians chapter 3. Most of you all know that I was a fireman. Uh, that was my profession for 15 years of my life. And, um, you know, in those 15 years, there's a, a lot of things that I saw, a lot of things that we went through that are just images that are still implanted in my, in my mind and in my heart. I remember uh, responding one time to a call. It was for a, a medical call. And... Uh, we responded, to, got to the address there, residence, and uh, as soon as we got there, we knew who it was. He was uh, a man that owned the uh, largest um, heating and cooling company in our city, and a very well-known man. We got to the door, and his wife was crying and screaming and saying, please, would you help my husband, help my husband? And uh, we said, where's he at? She said, he's upstairs. And we went upstairs uh, to find her husband up there. Uh, as the story goes, he came home that night um, from going to the doctor. He had found out a few months prior that he uh, had a tumor on his spine, and um, the results had come in, and uh, he found the results that day. They said that he, his tumor was malignant, and it was inoperable, and they gave him three to six months to live. He came home, and he uh, ate supper with his wife, as he always uh, did, and uh, watched the news afterwards, and then he told his wife he was going to go retire early. And uh, she said about two or three minutes after he went upstairs, she heard a gunshot. And uh, he went upstairs and took a pistol and put it to his chest. And by the time we got there, it was too late. I said, wow, what, what would cause somebody to get to that point in their life? to do something so drastic in their life. <clears throat> I remember a call that we had one day. I didn't respond to it. It was another one of the trucks that responded at our station. 
they came back to tell us a horrific story about arriving at a scene to find a body of a human smoldering on the ground. They went up and took a, they had to take a garden hose and drizzle it over their body. The individual was still trying to speak. They found out it was a 16-year-old girl that had taken a five-gallon can of gasoline and dumped it on herself. Struck a match. And the vapors ignited. She lived for 38 days with char- third-degree charred burns all over her body. What would cause somebody to go to that degree in their life? You say, well, Maybe because they just don't know the Lord. And, and you know what? That could possibly be it. But I can tell you another story of a young man that was uh, a number of years younger than I, but he went to the church that I went to when I was younger. And um, <clears throat> something was going on in his life. His parents were very well-known people in the church. They were both doctors, um, very highly respected. He had everything he could want. Uh, family came home one, uh, one evening after work. And uh, in the wintertime, and opened the garage door to find his car there running inside the garage. And he had taken a hose and attached it to the exhaust and run it into the car. And he'd taken his own life. This is a saved young man. This is a young man that knew the Lord. What would cause people to get to that point in their life? I really believe the root problem of all of it is the same thing. You say, what do you believe it is, Brother Martin? I believe with all my heart, it's they got to the place where they had absolutely no peace in their life. I'm going to tell you, when you don't have peace in your life, it'll cause you to do some crazy things. Had absolutely no peace. The word peace literally means, this is the definition, quiet and rest. Boy, it's something to be able to have quiet and rest in our life, to have that peace that, that can flood our soul. And uh, you say, you really believe it's about peace? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. Uh, listen, here, here's the opposite of peace. I looked this up and it said, the opposite of peace is conflict. The opposite of peace is discord. The opposite of peace is chaos. The opposite of peace is distress and even war. And that's exactly what was going on in the lives of each and every one of these people here. This peace that was lacking and missing. I can can share this with you today. Every human being longs for peace in their life. Everybody wants peace in their life. My children at Christmas this year, my wife had asked them, uh, she always asked them for a list of things they might want. Even as they're older, she tries to get them something. And and, uh, two or three of them said, I just want to see Peace, peace on this earth and peace. Let me tell you something, that's not going to happen until the Prince of Peace returns again. But everybody longs for peace. Look in Colossians chapter three here with me, if you would. This is, of course, uh, the uh, Pauline epistle to the uh, church at Colossae. And uh, in Colossians chapter three and verse number, we'll just pick it up in, uh, oh, let's pick it up in verse number 12. It says this, it says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. 
Notice what it says. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and notice this statement, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Boy, interesting verse. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. It says, uh, to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. How many of you are born again children of God today and you're not ashamed of it and you... Well, the day that you got saved, God gave you a part of himself to live within you. He gave you the Holy Spirit of God. And that Holy Spirit, that's one of his character traits and characteristics is is he has peace for you. So the truth of the matter is each and every one of us have the ability to be able to have peace ruling in our hearts today. My question for you as we uh, enter into this simple little thought here is simply this. Is the peace of God truly ruling in your heart today? Is it truly ruling in your heart today? That's the title of the message. Father, please bless the next few moments that we spend together. I pray that you would challenge our hearts. And uh, Lord, if we are, have something missing in our life, if that peace is not there, if we're just struggling in battle, if we're to, help us to find from your word where we can get it back, Lord and where we can get back to the place where that rules in our life. And we'll be very careful to give you the glory for it. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. This, this uh, passage, this verse right here says, uh, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. There's, there's uh, some key words here. Of course, this is a key word, rule, rule. And what does that word rule mean? Uh, that word rule means this. It means to decide, to determine, to direct, to control, and it also says, for those of you that like sports, to be an umpire. Amen. Amen. And to rule something is to be over something and, 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 and allow some, something to determine and direct and to guide us. And the Word of God says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. That's another one of the little key words there in this phrase. What do you mean? Let. You got to let it happen. Listen, if the Spirit of God lives in you, if you're born again a child of God, if you don't have the peace of God, it's not God's fault. He's given you the ability to have that, but you've got to let it happen. You know, sometimes we'll fight against it. You know, I mean, the, the Spirit of God's trying to give us that peace and trying to uh, lead us that way, but we'll fight against it. We'll allow our mind to run and look at the terrible things that have happened or that are happening in our lives, and, and we'll, we'll steal that away from our own selves, that peace of God. What are you saying? Oh, to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. You know, there's a lot of things that can steal that peace of God from us. You know, uh, one of those things is simply worry. Boy, I tell you, when you're worrying, you ain't got peace in your life. <laughs> worry will rob the peace of God from you. What does it say in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. You know, that lean not unto thine own understanding is one of the most difficult parts of that. Why? Because we want to try to figure it all out. Now, wait a minute. Just don't worry. Just leave it in the Lord's hand. He tells us in Matthew chapter 11 there uh, that we're supposed to uh, uh, come unto him and, and, and bring our cares unto him and, and get in the yoke with him. And he'll give us that, that peace that we 
that we're longing for. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, another thing that steals the peace of God from our life is simply the cares of this life. Well, we get so consumed in the cares of this life. This world is at an unprecedented place where we are occupied all the time. When I was a boy, the streets shut down at 5 o'clock. I mean, towns, uh, all the stores closed. All, there was no stores open after 5 o'clock at night. But now it's continual, go, 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 in the cares of this life. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. Uh, another thing that will steal or rob that peace from our life is simply failing to forgive people. Well, I tell you, if you're, if you're not a forgiving person, you won't have peace in your life. You can't have peace. You're going to have turmoil. You're going to have continual uh, grief going on in your life. But if you're a forgiving person, that peace can rule in your hearts. Amen. Uh, another thing that will steal the peace of God from our life is, is uh, meditating on the wrong things. And uh, most people will say, well, you know, I don't do a whole lot of that. I don't do a lot of meditating. Really? You know what meditating is or the word meditate, the definition? It's to think. To thank on. You're, you're really telling on yourself if you don't do that. <laughs> what do you mean? No, we're always continuing. Our mind's going all the time. We meditate more than anything else we do in life, except maybe some of us eating. But anyway, uh, we, we meditate continually throughout the day, at night. We can't sleep because we're meditating, because we're thinking. The question is, what are we allowing ourselves to meditate on? What kind of thoughts? Hey, the Bible's very clear about that. Philippians chapter four, think on these things, what that are just and true and pure and holy, lovely. Those are the kind of things that we're supposed to be thinking on to have that peace ruling in our life. And more often than not, the thing that robs the peace of God from our life is simply looking for peace in all the wrong places. But we think something in this world is gonna give us peace. There's not a thing that we can visualize in this world that will give us peace. Oh, peace comes from the inside. Peace comes from the inner man. Peace comes from the spirit of God that lives within us. And that's where we got to get back to, to get that peace ruling in our heart today. Now, I'm going to give you a simple uh, little outline here, four things real quick, and it won't be real long. The first one is simply this. Where can we find, if I, Brother Martin, I'm struggling with this. I don't have that peace in my life like you're talking about. Man, I'm longing for that, but I don't seem to have that. Where can I get it? Number one, we find it in and by Jesus Christ. You see, like I said, if you're born again, if you're saved, you have a Holy Spirit that lives in you, and you can have that peace. But the only way you get that is by accepting Jesus Christ, putting your faith and trust in him. Uh, listen to a few of these verses. John chapter 16 and verse 33 says, these things have I spoken unto you, this is Jesus speaking, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Amen. What do you mean? Hey, Jesus overcame the world. And because of that, every one of us can have that peace ruling in our life if we've accepted Christ as our Savior. Listen to this verse, Acts chapter 10 and verse 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Amen. What do you mean, man, if you're missing that peace today, again, it's not God's fault. God wants you to have that peace. Where do I find it? We find it in and by Jesus Christ. Romans chapter five and verse number one. Therefore, being justified by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I know some of you might be sitting here this day saying, but Brother Martin, I'm saved. <laughs> you know, I, I know I'm born again, but I don't seem to be having that peace in my life. Are you walking with him? Are you where you ought to be with him? Listen, if you're with him, he's going to give you the peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Amen. He'll give you that peace in your life. How about Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13 and 14? But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ for he is our peace. Amen. Man, the first place you got to go to to get that peace, that peace that will rule in your heart uh, is to come to a place to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. I ask people all the time, the question I like to ask them is, can you take me to a time and a place in your life? What do you mean? A time and a place where you understood that you were a sinner, that you were lost, that you needed a Savior, and you called out and received Christ as your Savior and your way to heaven. For me, it was as a nine-year-old boy in the hills of North Carolina, in my grandpa's shack of a house in the Smoky Mountains at a family reunion when my uncle got up and preached in front of all of our family. And God convicted my heart that I was lost and I needed a Savior. The Lord said it this way to Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. What do you mean? There's got to be a second birth in your life. Your first birth is a water birth, but your second birth is a spiritual birth. And that's the time you realize I'm dead in spirit. I need life. And the only way I can get that life is through Jesus Christ. And you call upon him and receive him as your savior. That is the first step into getting the peace of God ruling in our life. Getting back to understanding that. The second one is simply this. All these are very familiar verses. Turn with me, if you would, to uh, Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And uh, boy, I love this psalm. The psalmist uh, David, the sweet psalmist David, who penned these words, the longest extended portion of scripture in the, uh, in the Bible. And um, what was it all about? It was all about loving God's word. And here's what it says in Psalm 119 and verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Man, what a verse. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Now, we like to use this verse oft times about how that, uh, you know, we'll use it especially when people are, are fighting or having arguments or whatever, preacher, and we'll say, you know, if, if you really truly got back in the word, you wouldn't allow these things to offend you and all. But it's not just about people. It says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That word offend simply means to trip up. And God's saying this, listen, uh, if you love the word of God, you'll have a great peace in your life and the things of this world won't trip you up. Amen. Amen. What do you mean? Can I ask you this morning, how much do you love the book? Amen. How much do you love the word of God? What does the word of God mean to you today? Do you really truly love it? Is it your closest possession in life? I've always, I, from the time my kids were young, I tried to teach them that this was the most important thing that they, possession they had in this life. I, I would take it everywhere we'd go. If I'd get in the car to go somewhere and realize, wait a minute, I forgot my Bible, I'd drive back and get a Bible. There's always a Bible in my vehicle. Why? Because I want them to know how precious and important this is. This is God as we know him. Amen. 
How much do you love it? Don't sit here and tell me today that you love God if you're not reading and falling in love with his book. Amen. He's given this to you as his love letter to help you through every situation of life. If you're not spending time in it, you don't love him very much. You shouldn't say that, Brother Martin. Hey, if you don't spend time with your spouse, you don't love them very much. Amen. You got to spend time with him to fall in love with him. How much do you read it every day? If I would have had you raise your hand at the beginning and say, how many of you say you love the Bible? Probably everybody's hand would go up. But can I ask you this question? Does your life prove it? How much time are you putting into this book every day? Man, I tell you, when I traveled the roads in evangelism by myself and my wife stayed back with the kids and everything, uh, this is, uh, like I said, it's the most important possession I have. I'd sleep with it. Put it on my pillow beside me. And uh, wake up in the night sometimes and just reach over and put my hand on it. Why? Because it's so precious and so important. I'm going to tell you why. There's great peace in that. There's great peace. Great peace that will help you through all of the situations in life if you'll really truly love this book the way that you should. We could go back and read a whole bunch of other verses here in, this, in uh, Psalm 119 because uh, he said a lot about it. But just a couple of them, Psalm 119 and verse number 97. What did he say there? He says, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Are you getting up in the morning and spending time with Hey, if it's your meditation all the day, that means you're getting up and spending time with it. Amen. Are you getting up in the morning and spending time in the word of God every day so that you can meditate on it and fall more in love with it every day? Amen. This is where you get the peace of God back again. How can I find the peace of God in my life or get that peace of God ruling in my life again? You find it in and by Jesus Christ. Secondly, you find that in falling in love with his word. And, and by the way, that's a whole other message there. But if you, if you just take Psalm 119 and go through it, you'll find out there's four prevailing themes about loving the word of God. The first one is meditating in it. The second one is delighting in it. Do you delight in the word of God? The third one is don't forget it. It says it more than any other thing. Don't forget it. If you love it, don't forget it. Amen. And then lastly, seek it. Do you seek the truth of the word of God? That's how you prove you love it. And then thirdly, uh, that how do we get that peace of God ruling in our lives again? Look back, if you would, in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and uh, another famous passage of scripture and one your preacher has preached on many times and you've heard uh, spoken about many times. But uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 4 and uh, verse number 6, it says this, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God now notice this and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus wow the peace of God that passes all understanding Man, I tell you, I don't know about you, but I long for that. Man, I want that peace of God that passes all understanding in my life. How do I get it? Well, in context here, it says by prayer. Amen. 
prayer and supplication with the Lord. Hey, if you get it, if you get where we're going with this and what the Lord's given us, that peace comes through spending time with him. Hey, trusting him as your savior, spending time in his word and falling in love with it, spending time on your knees before him and crying out to him and watching him answer your prayers and you fall more in love with him and he gives you a peace that passes all understanding. Think about that. Not just peace that God wants us to have. He wants us to have great peace. He wants us to have the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. And it's available to us. But we've got to devote the time to it. The word, prayer. How much does prayer mean to you? Boy, if I ask you that question, if I said, how many of you uh, believe that prayer is vital in your life? Every hand in here would go up, preacher. Everybody's hand. But if we pulled a screen down here and God showed our life and how much time we really put into prayer then we would really find out how much prayer means to us and it may be the deciding factor in our life to show us why we don't have that peace the peace that passeth all understanding because we're not putting the time into communing with him praying seeking his face I I asked my wife when I was penning these thoughts uh, I said is there a time in your life where you can think of where Um, you feel like that you had that peace that passes all understanding. And and right away, she said, right away, she said, uh, with Rebecca, our daughter, she was our youngest daughter. When Rebecca, when my wife got pregnant with Rebecca, um, the doctors began to give us bad news over and over and over again about how the baby was going to um, maybe not make it to birth. It was going to be, uh, could be born, uh, could be stillborn, uh, could uh, uh, be born with uh, many birth defects, could all these different things because all these enzymes were coming back all whacked out and everything. And the doctor presented it to us and he wanted to do some deeper uh, testing and things. And, uh, and, and uh, they were pretty invasive testing. And my wife and I looked at each other and I said, man, I, I don't know about that. And she said, I don't want to do that. And, um, I said, you know, we're just going to pray about this. Of course, you know the doctors, but you don't understand. And I said, well, what's the purpose in it? And this is what he said. He said, so you'll be better prepared. I said, no, that's okay. We'll just, we'll trust the Lord. Man, we began to pray. She said, she said, from that time, I don't know. All I can tell you is God gave me a peace. When we began to pray, God gave me a peace that's beyond what I could explain to you. Now, listen. Here's the thing. We go to the Lord and we pray about things and and God wants to give us that peace that passes all understanding. And I believe one of the problems that we have is we'll come to the Lord and we'll pray about things, but we don't pray believing. What do you mean? We don't pray believing that it's going to happen. You know know what I'm talking about, Brother Meyer? Well, God, I know you probably don't want this to happen, but Lord, if you would allow this to happen, you know, I'll I'll, I'll praise you, but I know it's probably not going to happen. But that's kind of like a lot of our prayers. Well, I'm going to pray about it, but I, I, don't, I, I don't really expect it's going to happen. No, what we do is we'll come to an altar. God will speak to us about something. We'll kneel down. We'll pray about it. And, uh, oh man, we'll be weeping and crying and everything. And we'll get back up uh, off the altar and we'll put the backpack back on again and take the problem right back with us again. What do you mean? No, God wants us to leave it with him. Amen. Bring it to him. He's the one that can care for it. Amen. Nobody else can. What are you saying? Oh, the peace that passes all understanding that comes through prayer. And then lastly, Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. Love this verse. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number 
3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Man, what a verse. Wow. God wants us to have peace. He wants us to have great peace. He wants us to have peace that passes all understanding. He wants us to have perfect peace. How do I get that perfect peace? Thou, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. What do you mean? Keeping our mind stayed on him. If we just keep our mind stayed on him, he can give us a perfect peace. Man, I've seen the evidences of this in my lifetime where people going through just tragic things in their life, but keeping their minds focused on the Lord through what they're going through. And God gives him a great peace. I, uh, uh, I can't give the whole testimony right now, but there's a, a, a young family that I had the privilege to be able to see one of them saved. And, and uh, they had a, a little child and they, the child ended up dying and uh, boy, I went down to the funeral and it was just a tragic death. The little baby, two and a half year old girl, she drowned in a pond in, on a farm. And um, we, uh, I went down there for, I was gonna be there for the funeral on the way down to a meeting that I was gonna do. And I got there and I walked in, I saw that little white casket up front, little baby girl. And man, I walked up there and looked in precious little girl and I saw the mom and dad in the back and I walked back there and uh, I had a part in, in her being saved, the mother, and, and I gave him a hug, and I, I, I told him I, I loved him, and I'm praying for him, and uh, I said, how you doing? And they said, Brother Martin, we're doing all right. And uh, I said, what? Now, that's the pat answer, but how you doing? And they began to cry, and they said, Brother Martin, God's been so good to us. How could we ever say anything about God or against God? They got up that day, the little siblings got up and sang the songs that that little baby, precious baby girl loved. Mom and dad got up, got up and gave testimonies that day. At that funeral, over 35 people trusted Christ. Why? Because there was a peace. Man, there was a peace that passed all understanding. There was a perfect peace going on in the hearts and lives of those that were going through it. I want, to, I want you, if you would, grab your songbook there. I don't want you to open your songbook to, to a hymn. I love this hymn, and it's, it's a perfect fit for to close this thought with. <clears throat> and you can sing along with me these words. I'm not the greatest singer, so you can drown me out, okay? But here's, think of these words. So often we just sing a song, we don't think about it. Think of the words while you're singing it. Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight rose a melody sweeter than song. In celestial-like strains it unceasingly falls. O'er my soul like an infinite calm. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Sing it with me. Coming down from the far, 443 above, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In 
fathomless billows of love. Think about verse 2. What a treasure I have in this wonderful peace. Buried deep in the heart of my soul. So secure that no power can mine it away. While the years of eternity roll. Read, sing the third verse. I am resting tonight in this wonderful peace, resting sweetly in Jesus' control. For I'm kept from all danger by night and by day, and His glory is flooding my soul. Sing that chorus. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. Can I ask you as we close, do you really truly have that peace ruling in your heart today? If there's something missing, if your Bible time's not right, your, your love for the Word of God's not right, if the prayer's not right, if, hey, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, we're having altar time. Here's your opportunity to make some things right, make some decisions. Let's stand to our feet, heads bowed and eyes closed. Is there anybody that would, would, nobody looking around would say, Brother Martin, I'm not sure if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. I don't have that kind of peace. Would you pray for me? Would you just slip a hand up? That's me, Brother Martin. I'm not sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I really want to know that. Boy, I want that peace. I don't have that, but I want that. Would you pray for me? Anybody at all? Pray for me, Brother Martin. Anybody at all? How many be honest enough to say, Brother Martin, God spoke to my heart through this. There's some things in my life not where they ought to be. Would you pray for me? You'd slip a hand up. That's me. Pray for me, Brother Martin. There's a lot of hands all across the crowd. If God spoke to your heart, the altar's open. Why don't you come? Father, please bless the altar time. Have your will and way. God, please help us to live in experiencing that peace that can rule in our hearts, that passes all understanding, that's perfect, that's great. All because you give it to us. Help us today, I pray. 